the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, it's a Monday, and the big uh, story today is, man, it's like the 1970s all over again. There's a picture I saw today as I was uh, scanning social media, and it's a picture of the last Sigorsky helicopter leaving Saigon, and... uh, one of the last Sigorskis leaving the U.S. Embassy in Kabul. Looked exactly the same. Looked exactly the same. Look, everybody wanted to be out of Afghanistan. Everybody wanted to be out of Afghanistan, and I understand that. I wanted out of Afghanistan. Been there 20 years. It was time time to leave. However... You can't tell me you couldn't have planned better than what they did this time. Did they learn nothing from Vietnam? I swear to God, I I can't believe it. It is the same thing all over again. Tens of thousands of people who helped us over there are going to be murdered. Are going to be murdered in cold blood. Have their heads chopped off. Be hanged. Be shot. Surely... We learned something. Well, we did learn something for, from Vietnam. How to really screw the pooch. That's what we learned. That's what you, look, I was, uh, I was in high school when Saigon fell, so I remember that clearly. I mean, I'm looking at Paul. Paul wasn't even alive when that happened. I'm looking at, at uh, R.D. and R.D., were you alive when it I, happened? I watched it on TV. I mean, those images or frozen your mind. I believe okay. I was I was kindergarten first age, first yeah. grade age, but I remember watching it with my parents on TV and and air, and uh, I remember all the protests and Yeah, I got I got to tell stuff. you man. I I don't you, still you were too young to to uh, I think feel the way a lot of people feel. I was ashamed by the way we went out of Vietnam. I mean, I was absolutely ashamed. My brother had fought there. My friends had fought there. My friends had died there. And then we left. And, uh, you know, we like just let those. were just we, wasted. Yeah, we just left those people to die. <clears throat> I mean, tens of hundreds of thousands in Vietnam who had worked with us and fought with us. And uh, from what I can tell, the South Vietnamese Army was much better trained than the uh, the army in um, 
Afghanistan. I mean, there's an interesting series of uh, Twitter messages that I read from one lady who was over there and was talking about the people who showed up that became part of the uh, uh, United States effort. Most of them didn't know how to drive a car. Only 5% knew how to read. And we had to teach them all of that before we could even start teaching them how to be soldiers. Mm. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's a tragedy. It really is. And I got to tell you, it pisses me off. We've got a president won't go on television and talk to the American people about it. He's right. sitting with his butt in Camp David right now and won't face the music. Because, look, Afghanistan is not on his head. That got started a long time ago. But the way this has gone down, uh, leaving, that's all on him. Uh, his Joint Chiefs of Staff told him, don't do it. And he did it anyway. And it's just like, uh, I forget who said it. I don't know if it was Pompeo or who. Who's, oh, no, it was Gates, Secretary of Defense Gates. Uh, who made the statement that uh, Joe Biden has never been right about a foreign policy decision in his life. Yeah. I'm, R.D.'s looking at me. He can tell I'm mad. I am really mad. I, I can't tell you how mad. I read a guy writing in, in Twitter account says, I woke up this morning and started reading about what happened. I was filled with rage, and then I had to throw up. Oh, wow. You know? Well, I mean, especially I, – I, Colonel Reynolds warned us about this. He was on my show a few weeks back, and he warned us that this was exactly what would happen, and exactly what would happen happened. Uh-oh. Yeah, he's been on the show before, hadn't he? Constantly, yeah, yeah talking about talking Afghanistan. about Afghanistan. Afghanistan. I was wondering he's been this over there morning, a lot. When I was watching it, you know, this weekend, I was wondering what he was saying about this I got or a what tweet. he was thinking. I got a text from him. He says, I hate to say it, Dave, but I was right. Oh. Yeah. That's what he said. I hate to say it, but I was right. They're, they weren't ready. How can you not be ready? I don't understand that. Well, I, th- I think when we're trying to take people who are more accustomed and they're more in favor of um, of um, a tribal form of government, uh, and we're trying to impose upon them our, our ideologies and such, and they don't want it. And yeah, they're, they're tribal, and, and we're and we're expecting them to live like Western. Um, um, well, we just want yeah, we're, we're, civilization. We're, I mean, and freedom and, and, and doing things in order, and not and, executing people well, for, and they're, and they're, for Sharia law reasons. Oh my and, lord, and it's going to be terrible. For, yeah, they're, 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 they want more of a tribal type government, and, and we're trying to impose upon them the American way of life, and they don't want it, and, oh. and it's it's kind of irrational, I think, for well, us to expect them to actually get it. Well, a lot of times you're just trying to give them the opportunity to, to form a government and operate the way they want to and give them the opportunity to do it without a bunch of bullies or thugs coming in and subjugate you to the way they want to do it. So mm-hmm. all you can do is try to give people opportunity to do something, and then if they don't make anything with the opportunity, then you have to pull out. But whenever you make a big decision, like this was a big decision on the way we pulled out, you have to always stand as a leader to give an account of why you did it and what the decision-making process was. 
So if there was a reason that they did it this way, if uh, you have to face the piper when you're the leader and you make a decision, whether it goes good or bad, you need to be able to state your case. If you're sitting in the big seat, the buck stops there. That's exactly Harry Truman right. was very clear about that. The buck stops here. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's an, an incredible uh, what's it? Just talk in my ear there, Heidi, because I I don't have a, my phone with me today. I apologize. But, She's but, looking at me. She goes, when, "I'm going to have to punish you." <laughs> yeah, she just raised her eyebrows. I can tell she was. You, you know, for that. a long time, you know, I wouldn't buy anything made in China, and I tried for years. I wouldn't buy anything made in China. They're communists. The, their government yep. hates us. Yep. And they would love to see our demise, yep. and I don't want to fund it in any way, shape, form, and or fashion. And would lead the demise. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, if I was governor, I would not have a economic development, you know, uh, office for Arkansas in China. I'd sell this rice somewhere else. Hmm. I'm not for helping communists, but it, uh, the president of Poland came to Cersei about. 20 years ago when i went to hear him speak and he said you know what china and communists are a problem and we overthrew them in our country but you cannot do it for them you can't do it for them no don't try to fund their government and make it harder for them to do it but it's up to the people to do it you're talking about like valenza yes i sure am i'm very fortunate to get to hear him speak he's he's a great man yeah really is i think your point about that is that people actually have to want it themselves exactly if you just if you just take a bunch of people that don't really care what kind of government they have or maybe they want their tribal form of government and we decide you know what it would be better for you if you had a more representative form of government because you would be more free and whatever else and they don't want it but we still try to go in and give it to them and it's it's like the the parable of giving pearls to swine. They don't want the pearls. They don't know what they are. They're, well, they're not good. They would rather have corn. Well, there's forms. There's forms of justice and judicial systems that can be different from ours. Of course, sure. we're we're prejudiced. We believe we live in the greatest country in the world, and everybody ought to want to have the freedom to wake up today and do whatever they want to do, whether whether what class or not. All right, mm-hmm. let's take a break. We'll come back. Got a lot to talk about this morning. Phone number 8230965. Fall of Afghanistan today, just too eerily reminiscent of the fall of Saigon. East End Towing wants you to know that they are ready to help you no matter what situation you find yourself in. You know, tire blows out, car breaks down, keys locked in the car, whatever, they can help you handle it. And they've got the answers for you as well. They are an Arkansas Towing and uh, Recovery Board member. They are licensed and insured. And every one of their trucks is permitted. You can call them at 501-888-8849. 501-888-8849. And they remind you about the slow down and move over campaign. You see a flashing light, whether it be red, blue, or yellow, Get into the forest lane from that uh, set of lights as you possibly can. That's just a, uh, a quick uh, little piece to remember from East End Towing. Now, 20 minutes after 6 on a Monday, the power panel is here. 
The big story to talk right now about is Afghanistan. There is another big story that I want to bring up. Today will be the first time in uh, the United States history, current history, that a, uh, a state city is telling people they've got to have uh, passports, health passports, to go to ball games, concerts, restaurants, wow. or whatever. New York City. Wow. Started today. Wow. Got to show. Got to show your papers. Papers, please. Yep. Got to show your papers to be able to go into a into a restaurant. In fact. Oh wow. Think about that one, man. I was just talking to my son-in-law because he worked so hard this weekend. Um, Finishing up the tiling uh, in my dining room and putting the baseboards and nice. and cord around. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll show you some pictures. Yeah. They're great. Nice. Uh, but uh, I, I just he worked so hard, so I'm paying him back Saturday, taking him over to the butcher shop and uh, buying him some, uh, you know, um, steak. Cool. That's my that's my payback nice. to him, and he's all excited about it. But you know what? I have to tell you, I wouldn't walk into the steakhouse if they told me, let me see your passport. It's just not going to happen. I'm not going to do that. You know? You can Show take your medical record. records. I've had my, I've had my inoculations. I'm, I'm, I'm healed. I did say, I did think I, see, I saw yesterday 14,000 people were inoculated here in Arkansas yesterday. Mm-hmm. So people are getting serious about getting out and getting their shots now. So I think that's a good thing, but that's your choice whether you want to do it or you don't want to do it. And uh, I think the AG is going to have to step up to the plate now and end up in front of the Arkansas Supreme Court mm-hmm. to stop the uh, different people who are saying we're going to have a mass mandate and there's a law in the books now say so can't have that. So uh, I'm sure there'll be uh, talking about that this week uh, as well. So RD is here, and Paul's here, and Phil's here. Everybody's sitting here waiting for their time to talk. So let me t- turn over to Phil. Phil, you're a military me- former military member. Uh, did you play in the sandbox? I did. Okay. I did from uh, 2000 to 2007. Okay, so you yeah. were over in Iraq. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You didn't have to go pound rocks in Afghanistan. Not in Afghanistan. Okay. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've had Colonel Conrad Reynolds mm-hmm. from Conway on the show a lot, and I got a, a text from him yesterday saying, I hate to say it, Dave, but I was exactly right about how this would go down. I just, it would seem like to me, Phil, I'm former military mm-hmm. as well, that you have contingency plans. Right. And you're told how to do things. And when you're and when you're the president and you're head of the joint uh, Chiefs of Staff tells you, don't do what you want to do. Don't do it. You don't do it. That's why you got them in the position they were in. Right, right. You know, one of the things we learned in uh, OCS, the most dangerous move is the movement is the withdrawal. And all of this is after 20 years, uh, and you're right, there should have been always some type of what's going to be the exit strategy at some point. And to see... Uh, how rapidly the Taliban uh, within overran the country over, over a weekend, essentially, yeah. uh, essentially took control with Kabul being the last uh, to fall is surprising um, and shocking and sad. And obviously the persons that are going to take the brunt of that are those citizens who are trying to make their lives. I think what's equally sad is 
you know, you know, you talk about our president who hasn't said anything yet, but also the president of that country who who fled his own. He got out of Dodge. And, um, you know, you willfully chose that position to lead that country and for you to to leave while the people that you lead are um, facing all types of death, death and and everything that can come with it and uh, all the the progress has been made on different levels. Uh, That's a sad, that's a sad commentary on the state of leadership. I would say for both of those countries Um, and an underestimation, I think also of the, the zeal and the passion of the Taliban. Like I, you know, I've thought about like that country is undefeated. (laughs) It's pushed back the Russians, you know, and then, uh, I don't know what it is about that country, uh, but not taking in consideration what needed to be done in consideration of the people and the embassy and the people that work there. And then those um, Afghan citizens who helped the United States during that time and and how to get them out. Uh, it's, it's a sad state and commentary today. Yeah, I forget yeah. who said it that said that Afghanistan was the graveyard of empire. Empires, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Well, mm-hmm. hey, uh, Alexander the Great went around wow. Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't want anything wow. to do with Afghanistan. I mean, what do you got in Afghanistan? Afghanistan, you have Goats. a lot of big rocks that you can make into smaller rocks, and basically. Goats. Yeah, and, and that's you, what's there. And goats. Yeah, and goats. You got it. Got it. I mean, you got people. My my son, when he was over there, and he did most of his work outside the wire, which means he was out in the Wild West most of the time, mm-hmm. and getting uh, guns and ammo to to the outposts and mm-hmm. things that were there in Afghanistan. Uh, he said the first thing that hit him when he got off the plane was the smell of crap, because they still burn crap mm-hmm. in Afghanistan oh, for heat. Wow. Well, human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm oh, well. I'm not talking about cow patties here, folks. Oh, All right. Wow. I'm talking about any kind of excrement, excrement. Wow. that they could get. Yeah. Uh, Again, I just and then I when I was driving in, I was listening to you, Dave. I just wondered what was that transition conversation between the Trump administration and the Biden administration? Like, what did they talk about? Because No, Biden it, didn't it, want to talk it, about nothing. Yeah, it's this you know, other than the pandemic, you know, foreign po- policy wise, this was the biggest thing that they had to consider. Uh, uh, President Biden, and, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris uh, had to deal with going in. And um, even when you reject the advice of your men and women on the ground, then mm-hmm. what is your what is your plan then? Yeah. You, you know, what is your plan? Yeah. And simply to. Uh, be absent and on vacation uh, during this time. He's been there for seven months. It's it's not like last week they just made the transition. No, they did Yeah, it's been seven months. Something like this, you don't, (laughs) let's just sit down like a week before and come up with a plan. Yeah, (laughs) you're exactly right. But yeah, it's just amazing. Being 68, it's amazing to me as I watched pictures of that. Mm-hmm. You know, the first thing I started thinking about is Vietnam and, mm-hmm. and Saigon, the mm-hmm. fall of Saigon. It looked exactly mm-hmm. 
the same. In fact, yeah. picture today of the last helicopter leaving off the top of the Saigon uh, embassy and a picture of a same kind of helicopter <laughs> leaving yes. off the roof yeah. of the uh, Afghani uh, embassy. It just uh, way too much there for me to, to sit and, and look at and, and not get angry mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. I well, mean, you know, politicians, you see different administrations coming in and out, whether it be the state capital, the other capital, you know, it's like, hey, we take care of our own. If you have, whether it be a governor or president or whatever, the people that played ball with me and the people that tried to help me get things passed through, you know, I took care of them. Yeah, not, you know, not I so supported them and, and I <laughs> take care of them. So uh, and and I see that a lot. So when so if they ever get in another position, then people will say, "Hey, if you work with his administration, then he's going to have your back." Take care, absolutely. All right, we got to take a break. Got news coming your way. When we come back, we're going to talk more about what's going on in Afghanistan. If you have anything you want to say, numbers eight two three zero nine six five. Phil's here. RD's here. Paul's here. And we'll all be back in just a moment to uh, uh, offer our thoughts about uh, this day uh, in Afghanistan. There is more news to talk about. Bad things happen to Haiti, and it is bad over there. I got to tell you, Heidi, I'm amazed. Without my phone, we are still right on time. (laughs) I can't believe I did that. Not only did I walk out of the house without my cell phone today, I didn't have my coffee. Do you know what it was like driving into work and about a third of the way I realized I didn't have any coffee? At least you was in the car by yourself. Yeah, well, that's true. That, yeah, that, yeah, everybody you didn't have a phone to call and make any trouble everybody, with. Everybody, everybody else's ears didn't turn blue. That's true. All right, 635. Don't forget about the folks at Cabot Emergency Hospital. I can't say enough good things about them. Uh, I've had, you know, some... Uh, workings with them three times over the last how long ago was it that your your person went over there already how long ago was, Where that? was that over to the cabin emergency hospital a couple months oh yeah we just yeah it was about a month ago that we went over there and they did a really a good job for him oh man we weren't he went right in he was inside in in five minutes and we were back headed to work in 20 minutes uh he just had a minor accident they stitched him up a little bit and bandaged him up and we were back to work it was amazing stutchers man they took good good care of them just think they could they can take care of you for all kinds of serious ailments as well because they got x-rays ct scans bedside ultrasounds mri on-site on-site lab they've got pharmacy right there but if it's something that is life-threatening that you need, like a cardiologist or something like that, they're going to load you up on a, in an ambulance, and they're going to get you here into a Little Rock, North Little Rock, to see a doctor where they've got uh, everybody ready to do you know, major surgeries. Uh, they don't do that at Cabot Emergency Hospital, but they do everything else. They're open 24-7, 365. They're out on 89 they're over on the uh, Davidsburger side of 67-167, and they want to get you back to your life faster. So they know your emergency matters, and they're not going to make you wait. They'll get you from the front to the back to be seen. El Pronto. That's Cabot Emergency Hospital. All right, let's go to the phones. 
we can talk with some folks there. Good morning. How are you today? And uh, let's get your take on what's going on in Afghanistan. Are you still there with us? Good morning. There you are. I'm the one. You're, okay, you're the morning, one. Dave. You're the special one. You should have known it was you. <laughs> well, hey, it's it's this way, Dave. You just got done with the science of not having your coffee or your phone. That's a scientific catastrophe. It is. It absolutely we, we got, is. Okay. We got a scientific catastrophe with the last election cycle at the and gate nor gate level of the circuitry of a thing. We've got a, a, a health catastrophe, which is scientifically proven to be a false flag operation in some cases. And then your last topic, Afghanistan, the catastrophe of the reality of the CCP having the puppet strings right into the Oval Office with a crime family. And uh, the, what we have unfortunately had to watch our men and women give life, limb and blood for was for a massive strategic metals deposit. It is not a country that's just sand and without life on the surface. But back in time when we did flyovers with some very great equipment and checking from six miles deep until the surface revealed a cache of very important mineral bases that make up our strategic metals that we need, to keep our airframes, our aircraft in service and be able to make the cutting edge technology devices that we have some highly skilled people flying around. And uh, we should have never have left Afghanistan to hold on to those resources. Now China has them. Yeah. The Russians, the Russians left. They left their documentation of what their geological survey proved to be. The U.S. substantiated what the Russians already knew. Why the how the Russians left? I, I don't. I never know. Other than by the grace of God, and here we are, listening to the news and watching what's going on. We have world class drone strike teams. You, you you literally didn't have to send any flesh and blood in. I think there could have been some uh, strategic strikes early on because the intel was probably already aware of what was creeping around over there. It, it's a sad day, and I just don't want our men and women that gave so much over there to feel like they did something in vain. I thank you for what you did for me and my family, and may God bless the pains that you live with, and may God have mercy on our stupidity, because the American people need to follow the Lech Walesa model. It took Lech over seven years in the shipyards of Poland to finally get enough resistance to break the communists there. And I can't even see 10 people show up at a county quorum meeting asking for a, a, a bill of rights sanctuary ordinance in Garland County and looking at the JPs like they're deer in the headlights. And, and they just don't get it. I, I, I don't understand, Dave. I don't understand. Sad day that the people in America, and I'm guilty too, I'm, I'm like recommitting to a greater sense of pushback. We have got to do more pushback. And then in closing, I thank God for all the moms in all the local school board settings, the teachers that are quitting, the healthcare workers that are walking away from the job. This is what ultimately has to begin to, to take place, like Lech Walesa's leadership in Poland. If we don't get there, 
then we're just going to be waiting for the Lord's eminent return and what happens between now and then. All right, Roman, thank you for your call, and thank you for taking part in the Dave Ellswick Show today. Yeah, it's a, it's a sad situation. I mean, when you look over at uh, Afghanistan, he's right. There are uh, high-value minerals under the ground over there that uh, we will not have now. I have been reading more and more information. I thought it was just a hyperbole at first, but now I'm leading, uh, starting to believe that we're actually going to do it. Um, about uh, the United States uh, government talking about buying Greenland. Have you guys been reading about any of this? I heard a little bit of chatter about that, but what's what's the value in that? It's called minerals. Is it? That's what the that's that's what it is. is. And uh, if we're not going to get them over in Africa, because look, China. There's a big foothold in Africa right now. And then you've got, uh, you know, China has some footholds in Afghanistan. Uh, and those high-grade high grade and highly important minerals are over there. You know, your cell phone, not going to work real well if we can't get those high-grade uh, types of uh, minerals. And they've got them in Greenland, and the United States is ta- starting to talk about buying Greenland. Kind of a Louisiana purchase. Mm-hmm. 21st century kind of thing uh, that's going to happen or an Alaska purchase, you know, from the Russians or something. So that just might happen. That might happen in my lifetime because we need those minerals. There's not that many of them around that we need. I can't name them. Lithium would be one, you know, battery operation and things of that nature. Well, while we're we're printing all this money, might as well print some more, huh? Well, I (laughs) You know, you could, at least facetious. I think you could get your money back by selling the minerals. Yeah, yeah, there may be something. If, if you took the money that you sell them for and put it, uh, put it down for yeah. paying back what you borrowed yeah. to buy. If you promote capitalism, the only way you could pay it back is is open it. it up and, and, uh, and let capitalism come in and take place. There's many times that government comes in and thinks they're going to set up a business and they're going to have a positive income, like we're going to get in the tire business, and we're going to charge everybody for their tires, and then we're going to shred them and sell them. So we're, the state's going to make money off this deal. Right. It's going to be profitable. Well, let me tell you something. Government can't do anything profitable. The only thing they can be they, they don't even try to do anything profitable. Well, they can, they can, make, it profitable. <laughs> they can make it for the, profitable for their buddies with our money. Yeah, set up laws to protect their buddies, but anyway. But they figured out how to do that with a, a bastardized form of capitalism. Well, it's crony capitalism. Yeah, it's called crony. corporatism. 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 That's scary. That scares me as bad as anything does because people are calling the shots and right and wrong doesn't even figure into it. Uh over that particular tire deal, I knew a bunch of tire businesses that were going out of business. We're they, talking local here now. We're bringing you here to Arkansas. Right. Yeah, just a local example. I knew of a lot of businesses that their tire bill was going to put out that were cut my customers. So I called a legislator and said, hey, you know, uh, all these new extra laws and fees and fines and guidelines are going to put a lot of small businesses out of business. He said, well, you know, my brother-in-law owns a big tire business. He said he was all for it. Oh, well, imagine well, that. Yeah, yeah imagine because, that. Because he, could, he had the money and the means to abide by all the new state regulations, and his competition didn't. Right. Right. So right. When, uh, it's a, a sad commentary. You a know, two-man operation has to hire a secretary to get, get to, an to, account. Com, to, okay. comply, to comply 
That's a big deal because that's he, all of a sudden he's increased his man, his man, his his staffing by fifty percent. Right. But you know when you've already got two hundred employees and you add one more secretary, that's not a real big percentage of your. And, and they come up with all they were going to track all the tires. Tires don't have ID numbers on them. Anybody that has an inventory system understands you can't keep inventory of all the used tires in the state. So it was doomed for failure, like all government programs. Mm. It's cost too much money, and I think they're illegal funding it from other departments. Mm. But uh, but hey, anyway, it's another uh, great you know profitable government program. Yeah, maybe we should just allow people to figure out a way to come up with a solution to this. Like you, you've like come up business. with a, you, you've come up with a solution for for dealing with tires at your shop. Oh, it, yeah. it seems to be really pretty reasonable. Yeah, it is, and uh, they're not. They're really not a problem. But hey, just like just like Dave says, we need to go green whenever it saves you green. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's how I. That's how I do it. I go green when it saves me green. Hey, when it's profitable, do it. When it's not profitable. You prop shouldn't it, be doing it. Prop it up with the government and the taxpayers' <laughs> money. Right, right. Yeah, you, you, you come up with a way where you can dispose of tires for, what, a dollar a piece maybe or maybe less, and then the government comes up with a way to do it and and for 5 or 6 or $10 Here's a piece. Here's when you know something will not work, and I'm going to point this out for the leaders in CAPE right now. They, they want to build a wave pool. They're going to build a wave pool. Yeah, they're pool. going. Did they pass it yet? Oh, yeah, it's passed. It's okay, gone. Passed. All right, so a the, wave pool? So, yeah, a wave pool. Okay. It's only $4 million, so it's a bargain. Yeah. Okay. So they want to do that because they don't want you to have to drive all the way down to Magic Springs, Springs. to go to theirs. Here's when you know something is bound to probably fail. When the government will only build it because businessmen won't. Oh. Right. Exactly. That right. means you can't make money at it. If you can't make money at it, it's probably not a good thing to build. Right. Like if, all those three-bladed windmills they've got up there that's paid for by the taxpayers. They <clears throat> cost a billion dollars a piece, and throughout the lifetime of their service, we'll, we'll maybe produce $500 million worth of electricity. I read an article. We pay for like 70%, wow. and the company pays for 30%, and then they get uh, carbon credits for it, so the mm. CEO gets a kickback at the end of the year from the but taxpayers. Wait, uh, wait oh, you're saving oh. Mother Earth. Oh, okay. Come on, man. You're ROC uh, wants you, ALC wants you to know that she's that you're saving Mother Earth. Yeah, right. How much oil does it take to go in one of those? You know, and, and you know, Jim <laughs> Jim Morrison used to say that. You know, it's a transfer what have of they wealth. Done to the world. Front what have they done to our fair sister? Mm. Yeah, we stabbed her and bit her and wrapped her in fences. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. They've been saying it since the 60s. Squirrels have been around for a long time. Yeah. May have to been that. All right. We got to get a break in Chasing here nuts. on the day those we show. Power panels here. Phone lines are open. 8230965. 8230965. Going to New York City anytime soon? You inoculate it? You got your, your, uh, your card that shows you you got your shots? Because if you don't have that card, can't go to a restaurant, can't go to a concert, can't go to a Giants game, can't go to a Jets game, can't go to a, you know, a Yankee or a Mets game. Broadway. You, yeah, Broadway. Can't get in, folks. You oh, can't get in. I'm just telling Papers. We'll talk more about yes, this. Yes, please. Papers, We're going to talk please. more about that. Okay. Dustin Turner. Don't forget about Dustin. How fast, how hot is uh, the uh, the market, the housing market? Let me tell you a story. This is... Just I heard it this weekend from my son-in-law. Uh, he's got a guy that he serves with uh, at the uh, Air Force Base. He got his orders to PCS. 
Okay, that means permanent change of station, just so everybody knows. All right, that means you're moving. Whether you want to or not, you're moving. And uh, he got uh, he got uh, his uh, orders to go to Germany. Not a bad place to get orders to, okay, depending on where in Germany you're going to be. But anyway, he was happy about it. He was excited. Uh, he did a few things on his house. He put it up for sale last week no week before last on a thursday on a saturday he had 16 offers on monday it was sold that's how fast your home can move now and it can move even quicker you use somebody like dustin turner i mean dustin turner here's the key with him selling the house basically the rules for that they're the same for everybody but dustin turner what he does is he markets everything differently because now it's getting things on the internet and getting in front of people on the internet on as many different sites as you can so that people can see your home and then you stage it correctly so that it will you know make those pictures where people look at it and the ladies look at it and the guys look at it and they go man that's a great looking home I got to see that up close and personal. And you get them out to the house, then you can sell them. All right. You got to get them out there before you can sell them. And Dustin Turner can do that. And he is highly successful at selling homes. I'm doing some work on my home right now, going on the market either uh, in October or very early in November. And I'm hoping to be out of my house way before Christmas. You can give them a call at 501 952 2969 501-952-2969 and say dave why do you want to sell your home because they tell me it's worth a hundred thousand dollars more than what i bought it for so i want to tap into that if i possibly can uh google dustin turner dustin turner the home team or go online to home team sold it.com all right about five minutes till seven uh you got two veterans sitting here you got two that aren't veterans. You got a really young guy sitting in here. You got a really old guy sitting in here. <laughs> Are you trying and to say we got the good, bad, and the ugly? Uh, yeah, we got we got a guy here that's so old that you know I was. Uh, Why didn't you drown? I was like eighteen years flood. old. Yeah. yeah, I was eighteen years old. I hey, I can tread water. Uh, 18, 18 years old when uh, Saigon fell. And it, it was eerily reminiscent this morning, watching the newsreel footage and watching what was going down. And, you know, it looked a, a whole lot like Southeast Asia. I'm just telling you. It looked a whole lot like that back at that time as well. All right. I had left us kind of talking a little bit about I'll show you here. Let me pull this out. Reach in and get my wallet. Now you go in New York City, and you go want to go to the uh, to the restaurant. You got to show this. Ah, your COVID passport. There's my COVID passport. All right, they gave me this to show me. See, mm-hmm. I this doesn't bother me so much mm-hmm. because I used to carry one in the military all the time. Mm-hmm. I I know Phil remembers those yellow pages. I remember the yellow pages. I do. You know, it was a little book that it you was. had that said yeah. you had had all the vac- shots, vaccines. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just uh, here in the last couple of days, of course, uh, the uh, Secretary of Defense announced that uh, 
all active all duty, active duty are yeah. going to have to have shots for COVID. So, I, I mean, I had somebody write me a, a text, and they said, Dave, can you believe that the government's going to make military members uh, get vaccinated? Yeah, you know yeah, what I wrote back? Yeah. So what else is new? New, exactly. <laughs> I, you signed up. You signed up for that. Okay, well, yeah. Yeah, you signed up. And anthrax said, shots. That's oh, it. Yeah, that, there was a that. huge yeah. outcry about anthrax. Yeah. yeah. That all yeah. started back in the early 2000s. My wife and daughter had tickets to go to New York right when uh, COVID hit, so they got credits uh, to to go. So they were planning on going here the next three weeks, and now they're this has come up again, so – it looks like that they're not going to be going again. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to uh, tell you what. I'm going, going to, to Florida in September. I'm going into the teeth mm. of Delta. <laughs> All right. And, 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 and I was told by the pharmacist yesterday that probably before I go, they'll be saying time for a booster, a booster. shot. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't bother me because I get boosters for other things. Mm-hmm. You know, no, no, no problem with that. Yeah. I really don't have such – I guess – because being 68, I've seen all of the different vaccines that are out there. I, I wasn't around when Jonas Salk came out with uh, polio. That was 1953. That's the year I was born. Mm. But they're having arguments over in Pakistan about that right now. In, uh, well, they have po- po- in, polio in polio. You got a polio outbreak over oh, wow. there. And there, a lot of the things they're saying right now, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. funny. Here in the United States about COVID-19 uh, shots. They're saying the exact same things over in Pakistan. Pakistan. All same kind of misinformation. I don't know who's making money off some of this misinformation, but money is at the bottom of it. I'm just telling you. That's that's what's, what's there. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back with Power Panel. we got another hour to go. Where's Biden? I gotta put a, I'm going to put a book out. You know? like, Not where's Waldo? Waldo. Where's Biden? Biden. That's what basement. we need. He's in the basement. Yeah, he must be. All right, we got more coming your way. Stick around. minutes after seven on a monday as we make our way into the middle of the month pretty cool we don't have much longer left in august the temperature is kind of mitigating a little bit which lets us know that we're you know getting into to august august typically i think is the driest and hottest month of the year 
here in in arkansas i know we're living up to the driest part of the year right now it is getting pretty dry i don't know how i haven't had any rain for several weeks here in cabot have you had any over where you were at in the cabot little to none little okay. to none but you know on my salvage yard the only rocks there have been hauled in you know i'm mm. from stone county so we need a break in the rain every once in a while so we can bring in more rocks okay and uh, try to fill holes in so mm. Yeah, we're actually seeing the bottom of some mud holes, some holes right now, so yeah. we can fill them up. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Phil? You seen any rain? There was some thunderclouds this past weekend. <laughs> yeah, there was there was a little bit of rain kind of in our area. Yeah, but then it just dissipated. It, I think yeah. some, maybe Perry County got some yeah. kind of to our, to the west of us, and it's we, hit, it's really hit and miss. It's not kind of spring, one of those we that we kind of sprinkled on. And then it we kind of got sprinkled coming. on for a little bit. Oh, where were, I live, and Mother Nature is teasing you. I guess, yeah. yeah. So it was. <laughs> I would but, love just a little bit of rain, but it's it's yeah. been getting yeah. pretty dry out at my house to the point where it's it's kind of be starting to be a fire hazard. Now you're but, is is the earth starting to crack yet? Well, I think we've got a little too much sand for that that where I live. But uh, the, I got clay, so yeah. my 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 land will crack. Yeah. But I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen that. Yeah. I'm when I lived down in Texas. Let me tell you oh, what. Oh, the gumbo I live, mud. Well, I lived down close to uh san antonio and it get so hot and dry for weeks on end that you'd have nine inch cracks oh, wow. in the ground you get your wow. vehicle stuck in them. you know you walk wow. around like dealing so with was, that i went and helped a family on a with a project down in dallas texas area a while back and they had gumbo mud no oh, yeah that's and good I, stuff. I had i had never really been exposed to that very much and um so we were digging in the ground did you come uh, back with all your shoes well yeah um <laughs> but you just sucked so, them right oh, off really? your feet oh, yeah so it, it was right. it was i don't know what i don't really know how to describe it but it's it's almost like trying to dig a hole in bubble gum or something like that yeah. it's, it's terribly sticky it's something like if you try to dig a hole around here that might take you 15 minutes it might take you three hours there because it sticks to your shovel so bad it's just terrible awful sticky nasty stuff and then when it dries out it just flakes off yeah i mean it's like i I had a piece of equipment down there where we were working and this real sticky mud mud was sticking to everything but then when it dried off in the sun it would literally flake and fall off it just falls off yeah It, it was just it was just strange yeah, it's like it's alive. But it's, <laughs> Until it dries out, then it's totally dead. Yeah, it's just it's just mud. That's all it is. But it's a it's sticky, gooey. It's mud. got some kind it's of bentonite. That is that what it bentonite is? Bentonite okay. clay. It's is got what, a mineral in it that makes it, it nasty. And so bentonite clay really soaks up water. And when it does, it get it it really swells up. And then when it when then the water it gets dries, a hold of you, you won't let go. Then when the yeah. water dries out, it just gets gets little and and does like you're talking about. It cracks up the ground and everything and so it's 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 makes a good base sometimes for a road if you can get gravel on top of it it's pretty firm <laughs> but the county in stone county one time put it all out luber road about five miles of clay mm. and then they were going to come back and put gravel on, on top, top of, of it, it and use it so as a solid good. base yeah. but it came a rain over the weekend right and there was about 40 or 50 cars in, in the, the ditch because it was so slippery because it was so slick when it oh, rained wow. they were going to do it monday but the record service was doing real good that weekend. <laughs> <I bet> it <laughs> was. Yeah. you have to have tire chains to get around uh, yeah just about yeah but you get those big cracks down there i got a picture of my other one of my grandsons he lives down in in sherman mm. 
who is in one of those cracks. Still he's is. about four years old at the time. And he's he got down in the crack and was standing there. You can just see his head on. Oh, wow. In, in the thing. It's just wow. weird. That's it's just strange. That is pretty strange. It doesn't take long for those to go back together either. Yeah, right. When the water when get Once wet, the water then... gets, comes in, it moves. It starts moving. Mm-hmm. Tells well, you, I wonder how well my house doesn't move in this stuff. I tell you what, in some of those places, they actually put watering systems for their foundations to keep them from from having problems. And so so even when they have droughts, they still water their foundations around there. I, I forget what the uh, the business was. It was uh, Nolan Ryan had a piece of it because huh. he was the guy who always did all the commercials and stuff. Yeah. And uh, it was a the 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 foundations would sink mm-hmm. in parts of Texas. Right. And they had to come out and put this device on it and it would raise the foundation back up and it was poles and stuff that they hooked up mm-hmm. to to keep it leveled out. Right. And people paid thousands of dollars on top of the thousands of dollars that they had bought the home by. Right. So when you for, got part of your house sinking some, one of the ways they'll do it, I think they'll they'll start they'll go down and dig under your foundation, pour concrete. They jack it up, and they can once the concrete settles underneath your foundation, they can jack between the two. That's right. That's what they do. And then I think they'll pour more concrete to, to make it all solid. It's pretty but amazing what they can do, to be honest. But still, it is. let's say you spent two hundred and fifty thousand dollars on a home, and now they got to raise it up, and that's another hundred and a quarter. Yeah, I don't know what it costs. It's expensive. It's, 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 it's not cheap. I mean, I've done I've done foundation work on my rentals, and it's um, it's, it's not expensive. It's, it's not very well. I do it myself. But oh, it's, okay. It's not a lot of fun to to get into there and do that. But it's not it's not it's not as bad as you might think. But but it's it, it can be kind of messy and not a whole lot of fun. Well, it doesn't have to be fun. It can be messy if they somebody pays you enough. But, that's well, the way I, I always learned when I was hey, working. I tell you what, you, I'll I'll clean a septic tank without I'll, I'll empty a septic tank with a five gallon bucket if you pay me enough. Okay, wow. so what's the what's the what's the dirtiest job you've ever did, Micro? Oh, I've done. <laughs> I I I've, I have crawled under a house before with septic leaks. Okay, when, when it's when it's flowing, it's nasty. It's, yeah, it's nasty. nasty. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll maybe put a suit on or maybe put plastic down. But yeah, I've I have crawled underneath the house when they've had a bad septic leak you know that's really not bad it's a smell that's bad well yeah i mean but but while we're around it it's pretty bad it's had the smell well when when it's been and when you've had a problem long enough to where you can see the maggots crawling it's yeah it's it's pretty rough yeah Yeah, it's it's, that that may be some of the worst but even sometimes you have a you have tenants that have just really let their dogs go crazy in the house and so they you have a real bad yeah, problem with pooping all over the floor, oh, and, and I, I've had that. That's awful, and and so it's. Uh, tell you what, I've got stories. I I've, been, I've been a landlord for about twenty years now, and it's. Um, yeah, I've got stories okay. that I can tell you that are. R D, what's the awful. what's the dirtiest job you've ever done? I mean, the dirtiest job I've worked on the railroad with with a veteran, Mister Jim Gillum, from up in the Clinton area, and one time I was. We had cranes that we picked up railroad ties with, and they had uh, Detroit engines on them and hydraulic pumps on them. So I was the chain jumped off one of them one day. So I was under the tie crane, uh, trying to put a greasy chain back on, and it was pouring down rain. Wow. And the diesel and hydraulic oil from up above <clears throat> was oh, coming washing down, down and washing oh, down nice. on me. So I'm laying underneath a crane, getting diesel and hydraulic oil, and I got both hands on. T- 
on two greasy chains trying to pull the chain together to get the master link back in it so i just had one of those moments thought boy if they could see me now and it's sort of like you're like 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 your chest deep in grease huh and there's trains going by right beside me and oh, making wow. it go up and down so it was one of those moments like what am i doing here <laughs> what about you phil what's the, what's the dirtiest oh, wow. job you've had it probably because i'm a city boy so it didn't happen until i was in the military it was after a field exercise in korea and my tank broke track. Oh no! And it had rained, and we was out there in that mud. It's very similar. So you were and you were driving an A one Abrams, huh? Oh, I wasn't driving, but no? I was tank commander. Yeah. Oh, but, okay, so you but, were standing but, up. Yeah, yeah. But that track <laughs> that track broke, and I said, "Man, it's so all four of us got out, and we was a mess." Nah, my <laughs> time was that done. Day. After that, after that day, that was good work though. But. Mm. So it they was te- a mess. They, they, they crowbar. They, they, yeah. they teach y'all how to put them back together. Huh? Yeah. You mm-hmm. learn that. So did, did, it, did it actually break or did it just come off the... Yeah, that's the term it, it is just, used. It, it just comes derailed. off of the okay. sprocket and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And you got to get it back on there and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So you officers learn that in basic course. Obviously, enlisted learn it mm-hmm. during their time. But it's a good team O-J-T. building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good team building ex- <laughs> exercise. Right. And everybody... Yeah, those are, has to be involved. Those are big. Those are big, heavy chains. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Worst job I had in the steel mill, and on the pickle line. That's where they take the the roll. They make the rolls of steel, mm-hmm. and then they band them up. And you see them on trucks traveling mm-hmm. around the highways and stuff. But uh, they grease those those you know big old coils, and they use uh, animal fat to really? grease them wow. and as it greases them it falls down through the machine mm. and into a pit mm. under it the machine it and then recycle it and usually if i was on three to elevens i'd walk in and the foreman would say okay guys we need four of you uh to clean out the pickle pit now whoever does it once you get it done you go, can home. go home okay all right so eight hour shift you figure it's going to take you six hours Okay, you're going to get get to leave two hours early. So I get myself a bunch of rags, yeah. and I tie them together and put them on top of my head, and then I put my hard hat on top of okay. my on the rags so that these, this crap wouldn't go down the back of my, my shirt and stuff. Gloves, waders, and a steam gun. And down I'd go mm. to help clean that thing up, and then you had to pull all the bands that had fell down mm. in it, and all that. It was nasty. Mm. You throw your gloves away when you're done. You threw your clothes away. It stank. <laughs> it's, it stank like um, decomposed corpses. Yeah, oh, wow. animal yeah. corpses. Yeah. It was nasty. Wow. But you got to go home two really? hours early. <laughs> you gave your you gave the, your time card to the to uh. the. Uh, the foreman, they give you gave it to for eight the, hours. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I get. It. I we got good, man. We do it in five hours, and uh-huh. we go home three hours early and get paid for it. That's cool. Uh-huh. And back in that, now that was nineteen seventy-two, and they were paying me seven dollars and eighty cents. Wow, that was big money back then. Yeah, I'm just telling you, that was, mm-hmm. was two dollars and something was minimum wage. <laughs> Everybody time. needs a job like that early on in life <laughs> so they can appreciate their other jobs my father my father worked at inland for 35 years my brother for 37 and i'm glad that i only had to work four summers wow that yeah. was to get through college that's good motivation yeah it was 
I didn't want to be a steel worker. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> hey, don't forget about Pat Davis. Uh, he is your health plan man. Uh, that's his website as well, yourhealthplanman.com. You check in with him to get a good rate on your health insurance. You know, sign-up period is coming up, uh, and you're going to want to get the best health insurance you can for the best cost that you can. He can save you 30 to 50% on health insurance. If you're self-employed, he's definitely someone that you need to talk to because he can make it, uh, you know, viable for you. It's actual uh, health insurance, not a share plan. It's any provider that you want to choose that uh, does business here in the United States. No co-pays and uh, any excess money that's there uh, goes to you. It doesn't go to the insurance company. You might get a nice check. I'm talking to Pat, and he was in the hospital for uh, a week. And when he got out, he got quite the check uh, from the money that they said it was going to cost and the money that it did cost, and they did the math, and he came out ahead on that one big time. You can, too. You're going to come out ahead right at the beginning because no co-pays. That's Pat Davis, phone number 501-605-6935, 501-605-6935. All right, Willie wants to join in with the conversation. Willie, what's up? I'll tell you what, Dave. The Democrats, excuse me, Marxists. I believe they did this whole fiasco, and they do it. They did it on purpose. And you know who they're trying to blame for it? Yeah, Trump. Trump. But that's always the way the the administration of any president does. They'll try to blame blame it on the people before them. Always, always, it always happens. You know, Nixon blamed Johnson and. Uh, and then you had Nixon left, and then Carter blamed Nixon, and then uh, of course Reagan blamed Carter for good effect because he he had a lot of blame to take. To be honest with you, but just go, you can go down the line. Everybody blames the guy before because nobody wants to do what Harry Truman said, and the buck stops here. Here's what oh, Bi- here's what Biden's got a problem with. To be honest, Willie, his head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff told him don't do it now that's on the record don't that's his exact words don't do it mm. and he did it anyway did you know his, his joint chief of staff chairman uh he called the people who voted for president trump a bunch of nazis oh, of course what what surprises you about that nothing really i mean that's what the left thinks here's the key Antifa calls everybody else a fascist because they're the fascists. They're projecting. projecting. Yeah, that's what they do. They are projecting. That's what the Democrats do. They project. Is BLM Marxist? Uh, yes. That's 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 a non-starter. I mean, uh, you can't really go to their website now because they've changed it up a little bit. But if you can get back and find one of their old websites. It, it looks like it was written by Karl Marx, I'll be honest with you. And Engel. Yeah, and Engel. <laughs> Engel was like a co-writer, all right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know, Karl Marx was the guy, just like Mein Kampf. That was all Adolf Hitler's. Yeah. I just, I just think of all the mass murders that are going over there. Yep. Nobody wants to talk about that. All the people who helped American forces... In Afghanistan, if they know you helped them, 
you better find a good place to hide. That's all I got to say. It's going to be just like it was uh, over in, in Vietnam. Hmm. I mean, they were shooting people on street corners wow. in uh, in South Vietnam when the North Vietnamese were Are they? Yes, sir. Do you know the Democrats did this on purpose? Well, there should there should have been a plan. I don't know. It was probably a political move. If you look at the people, uh, I'm sure it was a political move for a reason. But if you're the leader, you stand up and you give the reason why you did it and do the reasoning behind it. So uh, if you did it on purpose or not, you stand up and you say, this is why we did it. I still uh, I back the decision that we made. We made the decision for the right reasons, even if it was a wrong decision sometimes. So the leader's got to stand up and take the bullet, whether it be good or bad. What about you, Paul? You think they did it on purpose? I don't know. I I I think that in so many cases you've got money involved, and and who knows what their actual motivation was. But uh, I think we've got money is a pretty good one. It's a pretty it's a pretty significant <laughs> motivation. And, and, and elections so, is all power, thing. right? Elections. So, so so who knows? Or, or the, another motivation can be that well, they somebody's got pictures of somebody else doing something, and they don't want it to get out, and so they twist someone's arm and. And so, so who knows what's actually going on because there's so much pressure in so many different directions. We've got so many criminals in office. You're saying that farmer over there is missing a goat? Maybe. Okay. Could be happening. Willie, thanks for your call. We appreciate it. What about you, Phil? Do you think that they knew? Do you think that Biden actually knew? I mean, look, his, the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff said, don't do it. He I, did I, it anyway. So I – jeez. So – the, these are generals, so I am I am have to make the assumption that they went through their decision making process and they laid out all these different scenarios. If you do this, if this is what it's going to be. This is what we have uh, gamed <clears throat> based off of our intelligence, right? And then at the end of the so obviously the Joint Chiefs he laid out this is what I believe we should do. Don't do this. At the end of the day, like R.D. said, the buck stops with the commander-in-chief. That's right. And he can either take the recommendation of his military leaders or he can go the other direction. Take obviously, the heat or get out of the kitchen. Right. So obviously he went the other direction. And now, uh, well, like General Colin Powell said, you broke it. You bought this whole thing. Yeah. So it, <laughs> I don't think you can, you know, as far as motivation, money, yeah. Can you use this now as like a an election, you know, plat, you question. know, to run on? I don't think I, I don't think you. I don't know. What, what, I, know. Unless I don't know how you could make that look uh, unless he's trying to to. He's already trying imp- to put lipstick on imp- the pig. Imp- impress his base by saying, "Well, the world's overpopulated. We just helped with that." But I, I mean, mean, there's looking at that pic- <laughs> looking at that picture of that C one thirty and all of those people trying to take off. Like they that, thought that they were Tom Cruise. That, that's a stark image. Yes, it is. That is a very stark image. And, um, you know, you talk about the image of the uh, helicopter of Saigon and the one recently. Yeah. That image right there is going to be repeated. Repeated. A lot. A lot. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've never seen anything like that. And imagine that C 130 taking off and killing that money of people with the 
The blast, anyway, the yeah. blast coming off that. that well, it, it may be not even yeah. able to take off because they can't. They can't right. get those jet engines right. going. Exactly. People that right. close. Let me tell you what; those people didn't hold on very long when they no. revved well, those well, jet they, engines. Well, up. they did, but the thing is, I don't know if they could actually rev the jet engines up without well, sucking oh, people in. Oh, they will. Now, they, well, it didn't look like they were in front of it. Run out. It looked like they were towards the back of it. Is where, where it, they just, were. They were in a good place. We're all right. News coming up. Back with you on the Dave Ellswick Show, P.I. Roofing. You know, we had Joe uh, Johnson on a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about all the new materials that are coming aboard on doing your roof. And if you're putting a roof on your house now, it should last you about 30, 35 years. It's incredible uh, in the length that uh, you can get out of uh, those materials now and the warranties, which means probably you won't put another roof on your house. Uh, somebody who buys your house might put a roof on it or uh you know when you decide to leave it the next people of course people who buy it are going to have to put a roof on it or whatever but you shouldn't have to do it because of the of the uh, products that are out there uh he's amazed at some of the things that are happening the thing that he's really amazed at uh that they're doing right now is they're doing uh, eli musk's um tesla thing oh the on the top solar panels yeah it's not so, they're solar not like, shingles yeah sh- solar shingles have you heard about <clears throat> this phil yeah they don't you know we're all used to seeing when you talk about somebody panels. going yeah going solar the big panels they're right. putting up on it right. not anymore they roll out the shingles on your top of your house and about every third shingle can make electricity <laughs> and it's nothing like what we got now it's uh, you know i like eli musk that, that, he's a capitalist that's showing you, you know, that capitalism can make a he's difference. Gonna, gonna now, I'm going to be honest. He uses government money at times, but if it's available, why wouldn't you use it? I, I kind of understand that, too. But the bottom line is he's really amazing. I mean, he's the first guy that made sense to me when he said, well, we can transport people from point A to point B if we big." Big, big tunnel and, and, and make tubes like mm-hmm. they got at the bank. Mm-hmm. And you put mm-hmm. them in one of those yep. things and you shoot them oh, b- sure. down the tube. Yep. <laughs> yep. They're, they're working on you it. Right. You be on the first one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll do it. I no. would, I've always I, thought about, man, I'd like to be able to miniaturize myself. Monorail ride at Disneyland. Yeah, I'd like to ride on that. You know, Miniaturize me, baby. You could definitely do that. Honey, I... Beam me up, Scotty. Yeah, I want to do that. You scatter my atoms to space and put me back together. All right. But anyway, this is what Joel talks about. There's all these changes coming on about uh, how to do your roof. Stay on the cutting edge because Joel Johnson and the folks at PI Roofing stay on the cutting edge. Hmm. 707-3551 is their number. 707-3551 and piroofing.com on the internet. All right, Dave Ellswick Show. As we move into the last half hour of the show, it's gone fast today. There's been a lot of things to talk about. We've talked about Afghanistan today. We only mentioned a little bit about New York City, and Phil wanted to say something about it. I want to come back to it because uh, they're making you show that you're vaccinated now to get into restaurants, to go see uh, a football game, a baseball game. Uh, a concert, a, a play, or whatever. To go any place where people are gathering, you're going to have to show you, that you're vaccinated. What was it that you wanted to bring well, to that? One of the things that's stuck out to me is uh, putting the 
restrictions on gym usage. And mm-hmm. the statistics have shown uh, a lot of the individuals who have been impacted by uh, COVID, a commonality is, is health and obesity, right? And um, why, why take away that opportunity for individuals to stay maintain their health? stay healthy, you know? So whether it's walking outside or going to a gym, why restrict that uh, access to individuals on the basis of whether or not they have, they can demonstrate they have the vaccine. So that's, that's curious to me. Um, You you would think that they would want to take steps to create as much access and the whole thing about opportunity and equity and all that uh, for individuals to get healthy. And maintain their health. Well, and, and, the, and the second thing is, <laughs> you know, this is probably a little more close to home. Like 28% of black Americans in that area have taken the vaccine. So, okay, uh, Vazio, and, and all the stuff that he talked about last year and the spirit <laughs> one, of the one, age. One more way uh, to keep black people Of out, not huh? discriminating, right? <laughs> and, and in fact, I think she was Boston mayor had... Uh. Uh, made the equivalency of vaccine passports or whatever. She kind of equated it to uh, some Jim Crow era stuff. And then she backtracked on it because she realized and she was doing the Jim. Crow well, I'm stuff. sure somebody pulled her <laughs> in. It was like, no, you went too far. Like know your place. But nonetheless, um, I could make the argument using their arguments. Now you're discriminating against uh, black Americans in that area. What say you de Blasio? Yeah. You know, uh, and, I'm, and I'm sure they would be, you know, this is an apples and oranges things. But is it because you are restricting access? And that's the argument that we heard all last year in 2020 and why cities were burning and so on and so forth. And, and so this whole vaccine mandate, you know, it's hit New York City, it's hit San Francisco, New Orleans. I suspect it'll probably be Chicago or L.A., then Chicago probably next. And uh, sometimes I wonder Miami, Miami, and I wonder if it'll come to Little Rock. Well, Fayetteville, maybe Fayetteville. Well, no, it'll come to Little Rock. What Scott has shown the propensity. He likes masks and all that stuff. Well, the federal courts will decide. It'll be the federal courts that decide. Didn't we get a state a state law passed against that? Yes. Yeah. but a judge right. stepped in stepped and put in. an injunction on it. Well, that, that was, was the mask mandate thing. That was, yeah. yeah, that's that's a Fox. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering when uh, the, the attorney general, well, I think she's going to. I, yeah. heard, I she, think she I heard announced that she's getting ready Thursday to. Thursday or Friday that she was planning to appeal that. And then the, the um, I think the House and Senate um, leadership. Uh, uh, they they procured their own counsel. I can, I can tell you who's counsel. making money on this, and that's pollsters. Because with all this going on, you don't think all these politicians aren't running polls on on how the majority of the people feel about this? People, this is political as you you get. You You can't get more political than this. You don't think they're actually working off their own principles? Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) I mean, our governor is is catering. You know, Uh, he's the nice guy. He's the guy that cares. He's the guy that that's going to uh, make sure that people wear masks and everybody's reasonable. He is a reasonable Republican. Mm. He's reasonable. And then you got these crazy Trump Republicans that are trying to give the people the freedom to, to choose. choose or not. Like Leslie Rutledge says, okay, I'm going with the, 
I'm going with the conservative Trump crazy people, and all the other Republicans are going. Well, no, we're going to we're going to be the caring bunch that, Ooh, that actually no. listen to science, where all those flat Earth Republicans <laughs> over there are, are, are crazy. Well, so I see they're I, framing each which other. Which is just the opposite. They're framing each see, other. The, the conservatives <laughs> are listening to and so what, what uh, the what scientists. Is, what is actually interesting, though, is because we just had a legislative session, an emergency session, and the Republicans had the opportunity. To impose mask mandates, they did good, out. and they held off. They, they did good. They held off, and they they um they went home, and I think there's some stuff they could have done that they probably should have stuck around and school choice, and uh, yeah, and that, that and that was one of the good. things. Alan Clark tried. There. Good. Alan and, Clark um, tried. He tried to do uh, kind of an end around on it, and instead of just taking it on, and I think that, I think uh, there was some yeah there was some potential there, but um they voted to go home, and so they went yeah, home. Yeah, they did. School choice is is a big pill to swallow with all the federal money and all the money that's in our school systems. Uh, there's families coming to us since we've homeschooled for a long time wanting to know uh, what their options are. And uh, it's, big sad. Influx to and, yeah, it's sad. It's sad. Seventeen thousand have signed up this school year. That and that's one of the, that's one of the, the the silver linings to this whole COVID thing is mm-hmm. that so many people. Decide, you know what? I think we're going to keep our kids home. That's but just cool. like Phil said, and their you money know, ought to go with them wherever they you know go. How so it's called that. freedom, people. They're, they're finally yeah. deciding that our family is more important. important. Uh, to our t- kids learn what they need to learn than having a third car or a or and, a bass and, boat and, and, or and whatever, and, and both I, of us got to work. I, mm-hmm. I wish that they had been been making these decisions. Um. For other reasons, I wish it was mm-hmm. because the fact is that there's just not much risk at all for children with COVID nineteen, from what I can tell. But hey, if this is what brings children back to their families, let me tell you what I, 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 I'm I'm happy that it's happening. I just wish it would happen a different way. Yeah, my wife and I were talking this weekend, and we were we've been listening to our kids talking, and Linda looked at me and she says. We never had two cars. We only had one car. Mm. And we just figured out how to get everybody around mm-hmm. to where they had to go. Mm-hmm. Now I listen to my kids talk about, well, this kid's going to be a senior this year, and i got to get him a car. Mm. I have to get him. No, you don't. You don't have to get him a car. Yeah, that's I'm, that's for convenience sake. It's not necessary. And you, guess what we got, we got to do? It's different than all my own kids. The mother and the mother, in, in this case, stayed home mm-hmm. and raised the kids. That's a full time job, as far as I'm concerned. My dad had the answer to that car question. My dad said, "R.D., you're going to drive Fords all your life." And I said, "Why am I going to drive Fords? Because that's said, all I'm buying." But no, no, <laughs> he said, "You're going to drive whatever you can afford." No, yeah. because you're going to buy your own car. Yeah, and uh, well, my I got dad wouldn't even let us buy a car. You know, you need to get a job if if you want a car, get a job. My dad, my mm-hmm. dad said, no. "You want to have a car? Graduate from high school." then you can buy a car but until then you ain't running around man you're going to be cracking the books that was my dad but i have to say i i have not lived by my dad's advice my kids do work and they do make money and stuff but you know i didn't make them buy their first car yeah and but uh and my dad bought my first truck 
but I, I worked at the parts store. I worked and, and earned the money, helped pay the money to do but it. But here, 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 yeah. But here's the problem: it's three hundred fifty dollars. That a lot of these, a lot of families now, everybody has a car. They have, a, you know, twenty four hundred square foot in their house. They, they've got. Uh, all their kids are in all kinds of sports and all kinds of stuff. You're spending money willy-nilly on all of that kind of stuff. And having one parent at home, and I'll argue this point to the cows come home. That's an old euphorism for all of you that are a lot younger, B-Y before you, uh, that like people to used towards. to say. Here's the key. Having your parent home when you come home does goes a long way to young people not getting in trouble. Hmm. It's the truth. It's the truth. Young, when you're young, you're going to make stupid mistakes. You're going to do stupid stuff, and you can keep that. And I know for people that are younger, you're thinking, "Old man, you're crazy." No, sometimes the old ways are better than the new ways. No, I think once you have kids, then you start to find out. Uh, you got to start making sacrifices, and then you're like, "Oh, that's why my parents, or my parents, in some cases." did and said what they did I agree. it's so it's so easy to say that when you're single and don't have kids but as soon as you have a kid and they start to get older then you're like oh yeah you can't do that about the age that they can play with matches i'm just (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) all right let's take a break final break we'll be back with more here on the dave elswick show oh i got david lucas i forgot about him i apologize uh do you got questions about filing for Social Security? Many of you do. You're getting close to that time. Well, there's a way of getting answers to those easily by picking up a guide to Social Security. It's from David Lucas Financial in North Little Rock. 27-page booklet outlines what you need to know that could help you get even more income when you file for Social Security. So here's what you do. If you're within five years of filing for Social Security, do the math. 62 minus 5, okay? Get this free booklet now by calling 501-222-3315. As a bonus, you're going to receive a free customized Social Security analysis that pinpoints the optimal time to wring every nickel out of your benefits. Pick up the phone, call them now, 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. That was interesting, just talking to Phil. He grew up in Louisville. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And were you downtown Louisville or in one of the suburbs? Uh, out in uh, Fern Creek. I know where Fern yeah, Creek Fern is. Fern Creek. And then uh, we left California, and my parents moved back, and they live out near Anchorage. It was kind of outside of Louisville. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so my my sister, she lives downtown Louisville, Kentucky. So. Yeah, the closest... Yeah. My mom and dad moved back to Louisville after I graduated yeah. from high school because I went to school in Kentucky mm-hmm. uh, at Moorhead State University. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was my parents didn't live in Kentucky at the time. My aunt did. And that's what my address became. Okay. So, so I paid in state, <laughs> tuition, state tuition. So, you know, yeah. and, and let me tell you that that's the only way I could afford to go to college. It tells you how poor I was, right? understand that <laughs> yeah yes. he knows what i'm talking about that was a yeah. cheap college to go to yes, sir. uh and and i didn't think it was cheap even when they told me it was cheap but the bottom line was uh my parents moved back and they lived on whitney street mm-hmm. which is not that far from the u of l 
mm-hmm. and uh, was two blocks away from Churchill Downs. Okay, yeah. So, well, I used to sit on the back porch and listen to them call the Kentucky Carla Derby races. and stuff. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, so it was it was it was great. They went to a Baptist church just about a block away and stuff. And I could I I need to get back there just to drive down there and, mm-hmm. and look at the house. I have never until now the house that i have now is is my own never lived in a house that was bigger than 400 square feet um you know i I listen to people tell me how tough they've got it and i just kind of laugh you know i was talking to my son-in-law over the weekend and i said you know my dining room and my living room is as big as the house that i grew up in wow yeah and I, I, I was just talking, I was reminiscing about my dad. And I, I still have the utmost respect for that man. I mean, he served with Patton in World War II. He worked in the steel mills for years. And, and that's when, you know, OSHA and all that stuff wasn't around. And mm-hmm. it was not the safest environment to work in. And, uh, but he did what he had to do for, for his family. And uh, he, there was never a day that I remember coming home from school, there wasn't a snack on the table. His mom had made something for us. It might have been just an apple that was, uh, you know, quartered up and had a bowl of uh, sugar and cinnamon mixed together that you could dip it in and, and eat it. But there was a snack for that's, us when we came home. Memories. I mean, those are things that yeah. I remember. But I have always, I wish my dad was alive today to see the house that I have. And I got it on a an acre quarter mm. corner lot. Mm. He'd be proud. Oh. He'd be going nuts right now. I just oh, know he would. Times have changed so much in the last 50 or 60 years because we've got people that were upper middle class or wealthy uh, were living in houses that were much less mm. luxurious than, no, what, of course. than what lower class people are living in. Because you know why? Or, or lower middle class. You know why? Because their parents told them what it was like when the economy crashes. <laughs> That's exactly right. My parents were raised during the depression, and that's and that's and that's one of those things that a lot a of real us, depression. A, a lot of us have probably <laughs> have probably helped clean out our, our grandparents' um, garages or shops mm-hmm. or whatever, and you know they kept bent nails in jars mm-hmm. or coffee cans, and that they my grandfather that they straightened <clears throat> out with a hammer, yeah, or they haven't yet straightened them out. They're they're yeah, they're, they're, got they're around still to it. bent, and yeah. they're, they're going to straighten them out later, maybe when Bold they need cans. them. Right, and so that's Folger cans. That's, that's is what just you kept one of those. In. That's one of those things that it's or Maxwell House that we've become so yeah. <laughs> we've become so wealthy that we that we we don't we're not conserving resources like that anymore. But what's interesting is that just in the last few months, lumber had gotten so expensive that people were pulling nails out of boards and reusing them. That's what happens when you have have a depression. Well, and that's, that's because because <laughs> yeah. you've got shortages and high costs, and, and you reuse things all right. the time. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, instead of that two by four costing two dollars and fifty cents or three dollars, when it's nine dollars or ten dollars, you know it might be worthwhile to spend about two minutes and pull some nails out. Yeah, of that you're thing. Out, you're behind times now. Lumber prices have fallen. Drastically. They have they have fallen quite a bit, right? But but drastically, few, just a couple of months ago, seventy percent they've fallen. Just a couple of months ago, months. or two, three, four months ago, you could see two befores for eight or nine bucks. You know how I know? Because I'm getting ready to good to fix up my good. deck. That's actually, yeah, <laughs> I, I've, I've I've noticed I've noticed the falling prices too because it was it was maybe a month ago that OSB, which is a, like a a, a particle wood. board type material, 
was about fifty bucks a sheet, and I think the last time I saw it, it was um, it was um, about thirty bucks or or whatnot. Well, I tell you what, the people that lived through the depression, they were very frugal, just like you're sure. saying, and they wanted to be financially independent. They were setting back for, for resources. They were live conservative, yep. and they had enough money to live on in case there's something bad happened. And I remember my grandfather telling me, it was a World War II veteran also, that uh, you will see that again in your lifetime. You know, live your life and be prepared for it whenever it happens. Yep. you got to so. be prepared because I'm going to tell you what. Watch inflation. If it keeps yep, going up, you're going to find out mm-hmm. what it means for that's, things to get tight. Again. That's kind of scary. Socialism's mm-hmm. expensive. <laughs> it is. You're right. Phil, it's always a pleasure yes, to have sir. you come Thank by. You, Thank Dave. you. Thank you. Love that hat. Thanks. Love that hat. Although I looked at the right, that right side at pirate emblem and i thought it was a tampa bay emblem there for no, a second no, no, no. all right rd thank you for coming Thanks in for and then i'll be in touch with you and if um, rd is going to replace the transmission on my car and paul see you next week thank you for coming here we'll see you tomorrow we'll have uh, elizabeth on with us bible guys will be in house as long as far as i know everybody will be here tomorrow for the bible guys General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.